Welcome in the rest of the field. The all-college football show comes your way each Thursday, 8 to 9, right here on 610 Sports Radio and Radio.com. Jay Binkley with Julio Sanchez producing the operation. Well, it's a new football coach at the University of Missouri. Old Coach Drinkwitz came out of nowhere. I'll go to a lot of this. I'll bring you some of the best of Coach Drinkwitz's uh, press conference. He's on the road recruiting. Missouri goes after the App State coach, 12-1. and one. When he was coaching Appalachian State, not only that, he had two victories. He's the only Sunbelt school ever to have two victories over Power 5 schools as he beat North Carolina. North Carolina gave fits to undefeated Clemson this year, and he also beat South Carolina. Yes, the South Carolina team that did lose, well, they lost in Columbia to Mizzou when Mizzou was hot, and they lost, or and they beat Georgia at Georgia, that South Carolina team there. So Missouri goes the direction with uh, Coach Drinkwitz, Elia, or Eli Drinkwitz, whichever you choose to stay. Kansas State, by the way, Chris Kleiman, the head coach of the Kansas State Wildcats, in his first year, and what a first year. What a first year for Coach Kleiman. This guy was picked ninth, ninth in the Big 12. No one believed in what Coach Kleiman was going to do there. He's already killing on a recruiting trail. And again, the, these current recruits right now, out of the top 10, K-State just had three of them. Seven, nine, and ten. The top three were going elsewhere. Top lineman in the state, Lawrence Freestate, is going to Nebraska. Top running back in the state is going to Minnesota, B.J. Fleck. Top receiver in the state of Kansas is going to Bishop Miege. He's got to flip that, and right now he's doing a great job on the recruiting trail. Kansas State, a lot of their fans wanted to go to the uh, – they wanted to go where Iowa State did and go play the Camping World Bowl down in Florida. Keep in mind, Kansas State's history, they've never played a bowl game in the state of Florida. And they really wanted to go down there. A large contingent of them in did, even though that the AutoZone Liberty Bowl is where Kansas State will be going. And they're going to be playing Navy in that game. You can hear it right here on 610 Sports Radio. But anyway, the K-Staters wanted to go to the Camping World Bowl. But guess who they took? They took Iowa State instead. Iowa State, a team that finished with one less win than Kansas State. Not only that, but Kansas State beat them by 10 at the end of the year. So that's why Kansas State fans were not happy. But I'll look at it this way. If I'm Kansas State, I'm kind of thrilled about going to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. It's a game with a lot of history. Not only that, it's a drivable distance. Not to mention, if you're an Elvis Presley fan, go see the home of Elvis. I strongly recommend it. That game will be on December 31st, New Year's Eve, 2.45 in the afternoon. Kansas State versus Navy. Now look at a K-State schedule before the season started, as we like to do. How's Chris Kleiman going to dress? What are the big games for the Kansas State Wildcats this year? I earmark four games. Mississippi State on the road against an SEC team. Mississippi State Bulldogs came into Manhattan and steamrolled over the Wildcats last year, 31-10. K-State gave up 384 yards rushing to Mississippi State in the SEC. So I looked at that game, okay? I also looked at the Oklahoma game. Here's a team with Lincoln Riley with high expectations. Everybody's predicting Oklahoma win. This game was going to be in Manhattan. Could that magic happen back in Manhattan? So I looked at that game. Now, if they lost this game, it's not the end of the world. But they need to beat KU. Les Miles is there. Make a statement. Team going on the road and playing KU. So those games right there, earmarked. Mississippi State, Oklahoma, KU, and then Iowa State. Iowa State because everybody's talking about Matt Campbell. Obviously, people are liking Matt Campbell. His Iowa State Cyclones got the Camping World Bowl over Kansas State because people said that the Iowa State fans will travel. I have no doubt that they will. 
I've been down to the power and light, stepped over a few uh, Cyclone fans that have had way too much fun the night before, but they spend money, they come to town, they rent hotel rooms, they go to the bars, they go to the restaurants. You've seen them. They're great. I love the Cyclone fans because I love that intensity. I like traveling and supporting your team like they do at Iowa State. How will they do for football? Now, they are playing Notre Dame. So maybe the Cyclone fans will go down to the state of Florida. But I've seen Kansas State travel twenty five to 30000 as well. And not only that, I think there's a, some large momentum for Coach Chris Kleiman just to show your support for the coach. So it's interesting. I am curious what Iowa State will bring to that road game. Now, I did not put Texas on the list. I thought Texas was going to be much better than they were this year. And Kansas State still gave them a run for the money. The one that Kansas State lost, they should have lost to, was West Virginia. West Virginia was a team that was really struggling to score points. But they switched quarterbacks. They were Jared Dagey at West Virginia. He's a quarterback that last year was number two in the MAC in touchdowns and passing yards. Got a waiver to play right away for West Virginia. They were going to sandbag him toward the year. They still redshirt him. But the bottom line is he went to Manhattan, had a good game, and they won. Uh, by the way, speaking of Missouri and Coach Drinkwitz, um, he did hire as a special teams coach, um, Eric Link. He was a special teams coach at Appalachian State. We know he's the offensive coordinator at App State, and he'll hire a defensive coordinator at some point, but he's bringing his own guy. He's bringing his own guy as a uh, special teams coach to the University of Missouri. Now, last Saturday was Championship Saturday. And Clemson will celebrate victorious here tonight. Winning at 62-17 and claiming their fifth ACC championship in a row. The 19th Atlantic Coast Conference Championship. The 25th Conference Championship for Clemson football. Clemson's just not challenged in the ACC. As a matter of fact, nobody's talking about Clemson. I think they're the scariest team in the college football playoffs. Nobody's talking about them. They've won the national championship twice in the last couple of years. They lost the championship game to Alabama, but they keep going. Fifth straight year in the playoffs. That takes some consistency to get there. No one's talking about an undefeated team that is national champion. They'll say they didn't play anybody. Ah, you look at their schedule. They played AM in the non-conference. I'll give them that. And AM just lost to good teams like Clemson, Alabama, Auburn, that's Georgia. Those are the teams they lost to. They only lost to good teams. But you can only play the schedule that's right in front of you. So Clemson has the number three seed right now in the college football playoffs as they'll play Ohio State. Um, in the first round of the playoffs there. Then, of course, was the Big 12 championship game that was kind of fun to watch. Fourth and 20, snap to Zito, four-man rush, back to pass, under pressure, flush, right, throws late, down the middle, incomplete! Yukonon hits the wagon, put the pony to the board! It is 2.42 p.m. Central Time, and Oklahoma is still the Big 12 champion! Oklahoma wins the Big 12 yet again. Baylor gave them a run for their money, which really would have made the college football playoffs really interesting in that room on what to do with Baylor. Do you really consider Baylor better than a two-loss Alabama? Do you really think they'd beat them with seven first-round picks? Or does Baylor, would they deserve a go because they won the Big 12? They gave Oklahoma a run for their money. And Oklahoma's not been playing well down the stretch. Ever since that Kansas State game, they haven't been playing as well. Now I think their defense is better with Alex Grinch, and I think finally Oklahoma takes a defense to the college football playoffs. Iowa State almost beat them in Norman, took them going for two at the end of the game, but they finally did. Oklahoma in the college football playoffs as the number four seed with a better defense than they've had before. They've got to have a month off here to work on that offense, get it back to where it was. 
Jalen Hurts going to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. This guy was 26-2 and two as a starter at Alabama. Transfers to Oklahoma, 12-1 with the Sooners. The only quarterback in the country with over 3,000 yards passing and 1,000 yards rushing. Cone back to throw. Cone now running to the right side. Cone will get to the five-yard line, and he's knocked out of bounds at the three by defensive back Josh Proctor. Blasts him out of bounds. That's it. That's going to end the ball game as Ohio State comes from behind to win their 38th Big Ten championship. The Buckeyes defeat Wisconsin 34-21. to And that was a good game. It looked like Wisconsin was going to be all over Ohio State. Ohio State actually went to Wisconsin earlier this year and beat them 38-7. Wisconsin was a team that gave Ohio State all they wanted. But if Ohio State runs the table... Keep this in mind. Their quarterback, Justin Fields, going to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. 40 touchdowns, one interception. That's it. He didn't even play a lot in the fourth quarter. Didn't ask to go down the field. Their average margin of victory was 36 points a game this year at Penn State. And really, if they run the table and win the playoffs, you have to consider one of maybe the top five all-time college football teams. Two guys at the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony. And Chase Young, who led the nation in sacks, even though he suspended two games. He'll be in New York. Justin Fields will be in New York. They have the best corner in the country in Jeff Okuda. That's, that's a good team. That's not even mentioning J.K. JK Dobbins in the backfield. That team is absolutely 100% loaded. One. All right. Now it's official. 37-15. Oregon is the 2019 Pac-12 champions. You talk about uh, the Pac-12 this year. Not only that, just kind of choking down the stretch. Oregon would be going to the college football playoffs, maybe. There'd be an argument with Oklahoma. But they lost a couple weeks ago to Herm Edwards in Arizona State, a game they should have won. Both Utah and Oregon, top 10 in the nation in scoring defense, something you don't often see from the Pac-12. Utah choked away a chance to have an argument with Oklahoma as far as getting into that college football playoffs. Oregon wins the Pac-12. Now to round up the Power Five, it was LSU victorious as the horn sounds and this one's in the books. Here comes the confetti in purple and gold inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. LSU a victory. 37-10 over the Georgia Bulldogs. Your Fighting Tigers, the 2019 SEC champions. LSU jumps ahead of Ohio State. They get themselves as the number one team in the college football playoffs. And don't have to face Clemson there in that first round. Joe Burrow will win the Heisman Trophy. That is Saturday night. But uh, cleaned up the awards tonight, the College Football Awards Show tonight, as the Davey O'Brien and the Walter Camp Player of the Year all go to Joe Burrow. Doak Walker went to Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin. Ed Orgeron, the head coach of LSU, Home Depot Coach of the Year. It is interesting, though, as Bruce Feldman pointed out, three of these, all four of these coaches were promoted from within the program. So if ever you're, you know, you're complaining that your, your school's not promoting somebody from within, look at the college football playoffs. Three of these guys had interim tags on them in the years before. So anyway, to recap, Kansas State will play 9-2 Navy, a very good football team, in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl on New Year's Eve. Speaking of Kansas State, first-year head coach Chris Kleiman, what a job he did out on the recruiting trail now. We catch up with Coach Kleiman next. Now, after a great season uh, with the Kansas State Wildcats, the bowl game yet to come against Navy. Coach Chris Kleiman. Coach, uh, how are you? 
I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me. Coach, I remember when you came in studio here uh, before the season began, had a lot of coach, uh, you know, questions for you about building your staff and taking over the program. So I guess, first of all, you know, you exceeded expectations from where people thought Kansas State was going to be. You put the staff together that had your vision. I guess that's the toughest thing of being a head coach, hitting that recruiting trail, so many things happening at once. How about now compared to then? Uh, it, it's the fastest year of my life. There's no question about that. Uh, to think it's been about a year um, since I was hired and, and all the things that uh, have gone into you know, building the foundation, getting the staff, getting everybody on the same page, uh, going through spring, summer, fall camp, and, and so forth. That uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad that year is over with. It's been uh, really rewarding. Uh, we've had a terrific season. I've learned a lot. Our staff has learned a lot. But uh, uh, now I'm looking forward to you know, getting into more of a routine because now it's not the first everything that we've had. Everything we've done right now has been the first of something, and now uh, we've been able to get into a routine. And the one thing about it, too, Coach, we've talked a lot about, you know, taking your time at North Dakota State, which I think is very important. Uh, you saw a, a program on its rise with Craig Bull there. You're an assistant for three years, three championships you had. Then you had four championships individually by yourself as a head coach. So you saw a program grow. How much did you take from what you learned at North Dakota State in building a football program that you took to Kansas State? Uh, almost all of it. Um, because I know that that's what can be successful. I saw it with Coach Bull. I saw it with uh, our staff after Craig left, and and I believe um, it's what is uh, makes it's what makes a team successful is just uh, everybody buying in, everybody listening to the new voice in the front of the room, uh, continuing to stack good days, and and you know don't look in the rearview mirror. I mean, there's going to be some poor times. There's going to be some tough times, uh, but uh, you know if you hold each other accountable to the high standard. Uh, and believe every day that you're getting better. And I really saw it throughout the season that we were getting better. Even though we had two two-game losing streaks, um, I still felt you know, watching practice and, and seeing how we were uh, going through new offense and defensive schemes that we were getting better, and it was going to show up, and, and uh, fortunately it did. Coach, I looked at your schedule you know, before the year, and there were some marquee games on there, and you really checked all the boxes. One was, you know, kind of avenging the loss to Mississippi State, a team in the SEC on the road like you had early in the season in Game 3, beating a, a top-four team in the country right now in the college football playoffs in Oklahoma, then going and beating your in-state rival. And then, of course, Iowa State and what Matt Campbell is, is doing at Iowa State. I looked at those four games. Is Those are the four games I think are going to be really important for Kansas State this year. And you won every single one of them, Coach. Yeah, uh, and if you just said were we going to go four and zero in those games, you know, I said I don't know if we are, but you know, one at a time, uh, the guys attacked them, and uh, you know, I was so pleased with our seniors and our leadership, and and uh, you know, we we had a, I thought the TCU game was probably our turnaround game. Okay, uh, we beat them in the in the fourth quarter uh, in a really physical, hard hard fought game. Then we beat them twenty four seventeen, and that was after losing to Oklahoma State and Baylor, two good teams. And I think our guys really felt at that time, okay, uh, we can win. We're, we're good enough um, with the schemes we have, with the players we have, that, that we can be successful. And that's what it kind of uh, led us playing to a lot of confidence against Oklahoma. I think we played our best game against KU uh, top to bottom, but our kids were so focused and, and so ready to play that game. And then we had a couple of tough losses, and, and Texas uh, was a, a had a chance to win. West Virginia had a chance to win, but – 
you know, to come back on the road and win at Texas Tech and finish it up with Iowa State, uh, you know, everything kind of, you know, played played itself correctly as far as the adversity that we that we faced made us better, and that's the thing that you also need to have in your first year too is some adversity um, to see how the kids respond, and, and that's what I was so pleased with is is how we responded to the tough losses that we had. Well, the TCU game very important because then you, you you beat Oklahoma as we mentioned the top four team. In the country, not only that, a quarterback that's going to the Heisman Trophy ceremony and Jalen Hurts. And speaking of quarterbacks, coach, just the development. Saw Skyler, I'll play a lot here in the Kansas City area. He's the Simone Trophy winner at Fort Osage. Um, saw him uh, just, you know, set some career highs in back to back weeks with Kansas State this year, you know, throwing the football. But he really seemed, you know, to grasp the leadership, uh, the direction that you were heading with this team. And he really seemed poised and really confident at that position. He did. And I can't say enough great things. We're in this position where we are because of Skylar Thompson. He he took on a leadership role. We added some things to him leadership-wise, which he was excited about that he didn't have an opportunity to do before. Uh, and we told him it was his football team from, from day one. He took that, ran with it, um, played exceptional football. It's not easy to come into a new system uh, from under center, uh, in the huddle, um, changing plays, getting us in the correct call, um, getting us out of poor calls, and to see his growth from game one to game 12 uh, and how he improved every week uh, and, and how he felt more and more comfortable, more and more confident every week, you know, he he's why we're 8-4 and four, uh, because everybody rallied around him. He made so many people better. We got beat up at running back. There was games we didn't have any of our starting running backs. We got beat up at wide receiver. But he didn't care. He just said, whoever's out here, we're going to find a way to be competitive and, and be successful. And the great thing about Skyler is it's just year one in our system, and uh, we've got a bowl game in another year with him. Well, he, he put out uh, on Twitter yesterday, because yesterday, or uh, on uh, Tuesday, marked the one-year anniversary that you were hired at Kansas State. He said uh, that you impacted his life more than he ever could imagine. He loves this game, called you a true leader, a mentor, and a father figure. When you hear those things from your players, you know, it's one thing to be their coach, but coaches also take on that father uh, role as well with the, with the dads, you know, away from uh, from Manhattan. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. Um, you know, that's that's why I do this. That's why I'm in the business I'm in is to impact young people's lives and and uh, challenge them, love them, uh, do whatever I can to make their experience tremendous. And um, you know, there, it's it's a number of us coaches. All of us are in this together, and uh, pretty cool that. Uh, Skyler says that, uh, and the feeling's mutual. I, I'm an absolutely love the kid, and, and uh, he's been phenomenal for me in my first year, helping my transition make it so smoothly. Talking to Coach Kleiman, head coach, Kansas State uh, University. We carry all the Kansas State games right here on 610 Sports Radio. Not only that, we got the contract as soon as I sent my kid to Kansas State, so I've been able to go down there and watch Coach in action. Coach, uh, important question for you. You unpacked yet? Am I what now? Have you unpacked yet? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, once again, once this first year is over with, true first year, and we get through the, probably the January recruiting cycle, I'll get a chance to catch my breath probably and uh, uh, even get a chance to, to unpack some things at the house and help my wife still design some things. But, no, it's, it's been an absolute blur, and I knew it was going to. I knew it was going to be the fastest year of my life, and, and it has gone by in a blink of an eye. But uh, it's been really rewarding and, and, and a lot of fun. You know, Coach, I was thinking about this. I was sitting there watching the press conference of Eli Drinkwitz 
at Missouri. And I was thinking about that. You know, he's on a plane. You fly to Missouri. And then all of a sudden he's talking about recruiting. You did the same thing. It's about getting there, recruiting. And I was like, you, I mean, I was thinking about, I moved recently myself. And there's always, you know, the change of address on drivers. There's a lot of stuff that goes on to moving coach. And I can't imagine taking over division one program and still moving. It's got to be tough. It's really hard. And, and I look back at that time, and, and I was also still finishing a job with the team. So I was coaching two teams, and oh, yeah. that's where the, the help you have and support you have, whether it's at home or at the office or uh, all the all the people that impact you. My life have been really helpful for me. But, uh, no, it's, it's stressful on a family. And that's the thing that people don't realize is, you know, I've got three children that we moved as well. And, and so those are the things that you want to make sure those guys, are, your, your family, your kids are taken care of. Um, more importantly than you yourself on the new job. You, you know there's work to do, but uh, your number one important factor in your life is your family. Absolutely. you got to take care of those kids. you got to take care of mama because they're not happy. Nobody's happy, Coach. Uh, That's exactly right. <laughs> one last thing here for you, Coach, and I appreciate your time. Uh, the bowl game, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, a historic bowl. Not only that, a bowl that I, I think a lot of fans uh, can make the trek to. Heck, go see uh, the home of Elvis. That's a good time, by the way, if people do that. But the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, not only that, you get an extra month of practice, essentially. I love bowl season. So December 31st at 245, you get a chance to play a very good Navy football team uh, this year. Yeah, we do. And last weekend we had uh, a Saturday and Sunday development practice with our young players. Uh, we're out on the road this week recruiting. We'll come back Friday, Saturday, Sunday and, and do the same thing. We'll add a little bit of, of Navy game plan, but we'll focus on the young players over the weekend, and then lo and behold, we get to finals week, and, and then we'll start um, uh, narrowing down some game plans and stuff. But uh, yeah, we're we're excited because uh, we think we have a lot of really good young players that uh, are going to get an extra 10, 12, 14 practices in lifting time and meeting time to continue to learn more about us, more about our systems, and you know, it's kind of an extended spring ball. That's awesome, Coach. Uh, first of all, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Happy New Year as well. We've enjoyed uh, your success at Kansas State this year and looking forward uh, to many uh, good years in the future, Coach Kleiman. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and thanks for your guys' support. You know, Coach, Chris, Coach Chris Kleiman there, a great season he had at Kansas State University. They will play Navy in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, 245, December 31st. Here the game right here, 610sports.com or the radio.com. App coming up next. Uh, we'll bring it back. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the National College Football Playoffs. Pete Futex, one of my favorite guys in college football, is a national sports writer. You hear him on Fox Sports Radio all the time. He was on our sister station just today in um, in, in Cleveland, Ohio, 92.3 The Fan. We'll talk to Pete about the college football playoffs and who he's picking to win it all next. Welcome back to Rush the Field, the all-college football talk show, 8 to 9. Right here on 610 Sports Radio, Jay Binkley with Julio Sanchez. I caught up with uh, Pete Butek right before the show. He's uh, wanted to give him a chance to dive into the uh, College Football Awards show tonight. That's what went on. Davey O'Brien does go to Joe Burrow. This guy's going to win the Heisman. Ohio State has two guys there in Chase Young and the quarterback Justin Fields. Chase Young, of course, the pass rusher that led the nation in sacks and also with the Heisman Trophy. Uh, ceremony will be Jalen Hurts, the uh, quarterback at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's won the Heisman back-to-back years with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Always like watching the Heisman Trophy ceremony. I think those Heisman commercials, Heisman House commercials, are just about as good as that. 
but I had a conversation earlier about the college football playoffs with Pete Futek, at Pete Futek on Twitter, F-I-U-T-A-C-K. Not only that, but Pete, you can hear him on Fox Sports Radio every week right here on 610 Sports Radio at night. But I started my conversation with Pete talking about Ohio State getting leapfrogged by LSU. Why? You have to put LSU number one uh, just because of resume, and you got to go by, and that's what the committee does. I mean, is they, they're not just, well, I think this team's really good. They have to go through line by line, team by team, and, and really hammer out the schedules. And at that point, when you're kind of trying to flip a coin about which team's better between uh, Clemson, Ohio State, and uh, just an epic LSU team, it's just that at that point just goes off a resume. And Ohio State beating Wisconsin twice is great. Beating Michigan's great. Uh, but and, uh, what they were able to do is fantastic. But LSU beating what the College Football Playoff Committee had as the number four team in Georgia uh, the week before, that's just a much stronger conference championship win. Uh, beating Alabama at Alabama. Uh, beating uh, Auburn. I mean, just the resume of LSU. And even even though it didn't count on the, the college football playoff top 25, going to Texas and winning at Texas means something. So you had to put LSU at number one. Yeah, it's a tough schedule. Five top ten wins. The bottom line is, you think about these teams in the history of football. In, in Ohio State, you know, two guys at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Uh, Jeff Okuda, I think the best corner in the nation, the best pass rusher in the nation, is Chase Young. 36-point uh, margin of victory. I mean, this team is nails. This again, this playoff are loaded, and we're not even talking Clemson yet. Is Clemson kind of getting slighted? They they, they can't control their schedule. They did beat Texas A and M earlier this year, but obviously they can only play who they play. Are we sliding Clemson, the defending national champions? A little bit because if we're splitting hairs here, they, you're right. They didn't even play a team that's in the college football playoff top twenty-five. Mm-mm. So their schedule stinks. Not their fault. However, they did need to hold on for dear life against uh, North Carolina. Uh, they were fine. They actually dominated uh, Texas A&M worse than the final score, and Aggies came back and came up with a, a really nice, polite, late score for a lot of people in the investment community. Uh, but that still, they didn't exactly destroy them and completely blow them out. Meanwhile, like you said, Ohio State's killing everybody. LSU's killing everybody. Uh, so it's, uh, if we're splitting hairs here, yeah, we're probably forgetting about Clemson a little bit, and we know how they roll. They've been able to, they, they've done this in the past where they've had a one or two games where they just didn't quite show up or had to struggle a little bit, and then it didn't matter. They turned it on when they flipped that switch when they had to. Uh, so yeah, we're not, they, they could absolutely be national champions. So right now, really to me, just LSU, Ohio State, uh, and Clemson, put them all in a bag. You know, pick one out, and you probably have the national champion because they're all three equal. They're all three every bit as good. You play this tournament ten times, and you might have, you know, ten. You, know, you have ten winners, but you can't. You'll have each of them are going to have their share of wins. So uh, it's, these three are just that, that dead even. Talk to the Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Incredible site, incredible insight uh, given by Pete, and also you know I've, I've heard him on our state Fox Sports Radio on on our station as well, Pete. Oklahoma is different. Alex Grinch has made a difference with that defense. I think this is what separates Oklahoma from the Oklahoma teams we've seen in the past. They can play defense. Now, there's times where they, they didn't play good defense. No question about that, like that Kansas State game. But coming down the stretch, they didn't exactly peak at the right time. They peaked earlier this season. Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback with 3,000 and 1,000. But, you know, Iowa State going for two at the end. They've just been shaky and then going over to overtime with Baylor and then falling down 25 points to him the first time. Hey, credit him for that great comeback. But Oklahoma, maybe not peaking at the right time, but 
when you get to college football playoffs, you have all this time off. Who knows what happens? Yeah, and Jalen Hurts is a different sort of guy. I mean, it would have been interesting to see what uh, the Oklahoma would have done if uh, what Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray could have done if they had that defense. But also remember, there's kind of, I mean, yes, they have improved greatly in defense. They're tackling a whole lot better. They're playing a whole lot better. This, this, that defense was the worst in the country at third down stops last year. They have improved by leaps and bounds. However, they're not going against Will Greer this year. Excuse me, they don't have Mason Rudolph from a couple of years ago to deal with. You don't have all those great players and all those great offenses across the board. They're good offenses. They're just not quite at the level they were at last year, especially not two years ago. So, you know, give me the really, really killer offense in the Big 12 this year. I mean, yeah, Iowa State's putting up big numbers, and certainly Sam Ellinger is very good, and they put up some numbers. But it's all kind of relative. So I'm hoping they can hang on uh, against LSU and just make it a game. And certainly Jalen Hurts is going to have to have the game of his life, and his offense is going to have to go off. But uh, it's going to have to be a shootout because I don't think, as good as this Oklahoma defense has been all year, I don't think that they're slowing down uh, this LSU machine. So if they win, it's going to have to be something crazy like 55-51. Pete, who do you like in the first two games, and then who do you like to win the championship? Uh, LSU certainly in the first one, like I said. I mean, I do think Oklahoma's going to be competitive, but I just don't think they've got enough. LSU is uh, just absolutely low on both sides. And we haven't even seen that defense really rock yet. They started to against uh, Georgia and certainly against Texas A&M the week before. Uh, but we haven't seen it on a consistent basis. And that group has all the NFL talent. Again, that group looks like it might have flipped the switch as well. And it's like, all right, enough. We're going to actually start playing. And obviously, uh, Burrow has been great, and that offense has been phenomenal. I like Ohio State very sheepishly to beat Clemson and win it all. Uh, again, I, it's like you know the very slimmest of margins here on this because again, I could see any of the top three teams winning it all. Uh, I just kind of think this Ohio State team is a uh, just a whole lot different than the ones from the pre- under Urban Meyer in previous years that were so good. There hasn't been a blip. I mean, they've they've been pushed a little bit. I mean, they had the moment against Penn State late in the fourth where. Uh, at least Penn State was in it, but Ohio State dominated that game. Uh, they had a moment after the first half of the Big Ten Championship, and then they're like, all right, and they shut it all down. So I just kind of think that this talent, like you kind of alluded to it before, they've got the best pass rusher in college football. They've got the best corner in college football. You could make a case that Justin Fields is the best quarterback. The dude's throwing 40 touchdown passes in one pick. I mean, he's been amazing. They've got J.K. Dobbins, who doesn't get enough credit because he's in the same conference as Jonathan Taylor. That offensive line is playing better than any offensive line in college football. It's just a loaded, loaded team that seems to have the exact right mindset game in and game out. But we've seen Clemson before. When, when it time, comes time to a game like this, all of a sudden Dabo's guys just <laughs> find something. And then uh, the talent's certainly there. They're certainly not going to be phased by playing in the college football playoff. And, you know, all right, let's see what happens. That was my conversation with Pete Futek, College Football News, at Pete Futek on Twitter. Pete has uh, been covering uh, college football for quite some time and knows the stuff. I like talking to Pete. Catch him on Fox Sports Radio from time to time as well, each week through the evenings. But may I ask you, Julio, Camping World Bowl, or not Camping World Bowl, it's Notre Dame, Iowa State. I'm not talking, I'm talking about Chick-fil-A Bowl. We were talking food earlier. How about some Chick-fil-A? Number four, Oklahoma. Number one, LSU, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, uh, 3 o'clock on uh, Saturday the 28th. This game is interesting to me. Oklahoma's finally got a defense this year. Alex Grinch, 
uh, Harry Pinkle's nephew, uh, believe it or not, playing number one LSU. LSU, to me, is familiar with this area. They're so fast. Oklahoma's played so vulnerable down the stretch. But when you give a team a month off, you never know what happens. But I'll take Joe Burrow in the LSU Tigers in this one. Do I have your approval on LSU? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you just can't trust Oklahoma with the way they played being so inconsistent this year. And LSU has just dominated. They, they've dominated. Absolutely dominated. Been five top ten teams. PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, number three, Clemson versus number two, Ohio State. I'm looking forward to this one. Seven o'clock that night, same day, Saturday, December 28th. This is tough, man. I'm going to roll with Ohio State because I think they have talent spread around. But here's the thing with Clemson. Everybody's sleeping on them. Would they have beaten that? And they played North. Everybody has that game. And their game was North Carolina where they almost lost. But they've been averaging a little over 41.5 points a game in the last seven, eight games down the stretch. They've turned it on. But they haven't played good competition. Down the stretch, you just wake four seven wins. And I guess the ACC title game, good competition for them as well, Virginia. But I will go Ohio State. I know I'm going against my judgment. They have won two of these national titles with the current playoff format. And I hate it, but they just haven't been challenged at this point. It's probably dumb, but I'm going Ohio State. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Clemson. I, I feel All like right. they're they can play the under underdog card this year. Uh, it suits them, and I think they just feel disrespected. And I think they're gonna come. Ohio I, I can't argue with that because it's all they're game, talking right? about. It's all they're talking about. Right. So, but, and that's why I think uh, Clemson's gonna bring their A game. And I've got LSU winning it all. I'm yeah, sorry, I that team, that. huh? I agree with that. Yeah, the team is just too. Joe Burrow is such a stud. I mean, they just pounded. Georgia in the SEC title game. This is Rush the Field. I'm Jay Binkley. He's Julio Sanchez. Coming up next, Missouri, a different coaching hire. The best of Coach Drinkwitz next. Welcome back to Rush the Field. Jay Binkley and Julio Sanchez. Missouri gets a new football coach. Goes a different direction. Did you know Barry Odom released? Which direction they go? Who's taking a group of coaches to the board of curators? Didn't seem like they were very pleased with it. Names like Blake Anderson of Arkansas State and Skip Holtz. Didn't like it, so they went with the Eli Drinkwitz. Eli Drinkwitz is the head coach of Appalachia State. Just done it one time. One year. That's it. But everybody likes this hire. I mean, the people in football love this hire. I know a coach, uh, he's a high school football coach in the Coaches Football Hall of Fame. And he said, he says, man, this guy. Let me tell you about this Appalachian State coach. That's who they need to get. And that's exactly who they went and got. They went and got Eli Drinkwitz. It's an impressive guy. And he wants to uh, coach the offense himself. And he wants to bring a new vision. Now, you get to prove yourself first, but he did at Appalachian State. More wins in the history in the state of North Carolina for D1 teams. He beat his only Sunbelt school to beat two Power 5 teams when they beat North Carolina and South Carolina this year. This is from the Eli Drinkwitz press conference uh, this week. Uh, he first wanted to thank Gary Pinkle and relate a story of meeting coach when he was in high school. Think about this. Eli Drinkwitz was an assistant in Springdale, Arkansas in high school football 10 years ago. 10 years later, is the head coach of an SEC program making $4 million a year. Nice little decade for Eli Drinkwitz. Coach Pinkle, Coach Gary Pinkle, I believe he's here. Thank you for, um, you may not remember, but I was a high school football coach that came back here in 2009 with a young recruit. And you visited with me as a high school football coach and impressed upon me what it means to lead with integrity, what it means to lead the right way. And then you whipped my butt in 2013 when I was coaching at Arkansas State. So 
But I thank you so much, and I appreciate your support, and I look forward to connecting with you and helping continue to put this program where we know it needs to be. And hopefully he does resort to, uh, resort to uh, Gary Pinkle. Gary Pinkle's a big uh, reason for a lot of the success moving forward. University of Missouri. He, first of all, proved you could win there by going to two straight SEC title games. No one thought Missouri would compete in football before basketball. Gary Pinkle made that jump with Mizzou to the Southeastern Conference. Not only that, he helped build that South End Zone project with the new locker rooms, the facilities, the players walk out in front of the players. That is a recruiting advantage. That is a recruiting tool what Gary Pinkle helped do at the University of Missouri. It's finally complete. He said he woke up one night. He calls Mike Alden, who was the AD at the time, and said, hey, let's do this. This is my vision for it. That was Gary Pinkle's idea, and he got a deal done. Obviously, Mike Alden, a big help in that. Eli Drinkwitz talked about how this whole thing went down with the Mizzou, and it involved the Nutcracker. We met Saturday night after, after yeah, it was, so my daughter had the Nutcracker at seven. All right, we won the, nat, we, we won the, uh, the Sunbelt Championship, and um, representation said, hey, Missouri wants to meet with you tonight. And I said, well, I have the Nutcracker at seven. And they said, well, we'll wait for you. And so we, uh, we snuck out, I snuck out of the Nutcracker, drove to a Hampton Inn in uh, Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Um, I'm not sure that they were actually representatives of Missouri. They just said they were, and uh, I believed them. And that's that's really where it started, and uh, and it was final this morning at 8 a.m. So. so he was at the Nutcracker, sneaks out, goes to the Hampton Inn. That had to be part of their commercials. The Hampton Inn, well, they probably do have something in Missouri, I would assume, because that's where they met. Need a little commercial about Eli Drinkwitz. Same thing I was talking about with Coach Kleiman when I asked him, do you have time to unpack? Eli gets on that plane. His family's on that plane, flying from North Carolina to Columbia. Has the press conference, does all his media obligations, and then the next day he's tweeting out on an airplane for recruiting. That's how fast things have to be done for coaches. It's very important time in recruiting right now, but he was on the ball with that. He was asked, who's going to be his offensive coordinator at Missouri. He's already hired Eric Link to be a special teams coach. He was with uh, Coach Drinkwitz at Appalachian State. But here's who he says is going to be the offensive coordinator. First off, yes, I will be the offensive coordinator play caller. Um, I firmly believe when you, when you take over a program, you have to establish the expectation and foundation for what your experiences are. And for me, my – my background as a quarterbacks coach, developer, and offensive coordinator is what has allowed me the opportunity to be here. And so we're going to lay the foundation of what the expectation of offensive football looks like. Um, will I call plays forever? I don't know. But I know I'm going to call plays the first day of spring practice and as long as I need to. Um, as far as what, what it's going to look like to do it better than it's ever been done before, I don't know. I'm going to have to research that. We're going to have to identify that as a football team. As a football team, we all have to it, – it's just words if I say it. Our leaders, our locker room, and us all have to come together, establish our identity, and say this is what we're going to accomplish together. Only 36 years old, young up-and-coming head coach. Oftentimes, you don't know, is it a good hire or not good hire? A lot of people didn't like Lincoln Riley being hired. They thought he was ingenuitive, but is he going to do a good job at Oklahoma and look at him? A lot of these guys, as I mentioned, the four coaches in the college football playoffs were all 
at their university and promoted from within. Three of them had interim tags on it. At Orgeron, USC didn't even want Ed. It was thought the LSU wasn't going to keep Ed. And then Ed Orgeron goes out and wins Coach of the Year this year. It's about making the right hire. Changes the whole complexion of the university. Bruce Feldman, National College football writer uh, for The Athletic, was on with uh, The Drive with Carrington and Sean Levine. This is a national look. Was Eli a good hire or not at Missouri? Uh, I think it's a pretty good hire, given that this search got a little unwieldy and took some twists and turns. I think what you got is a rising star coach who impressed a lot of people, not just uh, going 12-1 and in his first year at App State, but also knowing some of the guys who coached with him at NC State, uh, they've been very high on Eli. I thought he was going to do really well. He has done well. And I think what you have is a guy with a lot of energy there. I think some people were expecting, uh, as the search started to unfold, that they might go kind of a retread guy and maybe an older coach. And I think they actually went for the opposite. And we'll see how it's going to work out. But I think it was a pretty good hire. No, no. Uh, and Bruce tells it like it is. He likes the hire. Is quite a jump, though, Sunbelt to the SEC. It is a much tougher job right now, and I think that is the challenge. I mean, no doubt. To me, that is, uh, you know, that everything was rolling there. I think it's going to be rolling next year from everything I've heard for, for App State. And now you're in the deep end of the pool, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Looking forward to watching it. It's a good storyline. Again, it's keeping up with the Joneses. Who's hired locally? Coaches within the area. Matt Campbell, Iowa State, doing a great job. Les Miles has a national championship ring from LSU at Kansas. Climate, what he's doing at Kansas State, exceeding expectations. And then you have Drinkwitz down in Missouri. And again, these guys pass cross in the recruiting arena all the time. Now, the Heisman Trophy ceremony, one of my favorite deals. Don't like award shows, but I do dig the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony. This is who's going. Joe Burrow is going to the Heisman Trophy ceremony from LSU. First LSU Tiger since the Honey Badger. Uh, to be in the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony. The Badger finished fifth. RG3 won that year back in 2011. Led a, a, a LSU to 13-0 record. SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Walter Camp Player of the Year. He won the Davey O'Brien uh, tonight as well. SEC record 4,715 yards passing. 48 touchdowns. That's a record. Drew Locke had the record in the SEC at 44. Led NCAA football with a 77.9 completion percentage. Remember, 130 teams in Division I football. Oh, he also ran for 289 yards and three touchdowns as well. Justin Fields from Ohio State going. 29-53 passing. Don't look at the numbers. Remember how bad they beat people. Check this out. 40 touchdowns, one interception. Marcus Mariota once won the Heisman. 42 touchdowns, four interceptions. 471 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns. That's 50 touchdowns Justin Fields had on the year. If he or Chase Young wins the award, become the eighth Ohio State player to win the Heisman. First teammates uh, with Chase Young to be invited to the Heisman since 16 when Mayfield and D.D. Westbrook went from Oklahoma. Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, Big Ten Championship Game, MVP, and uh, of course the 36 points a game margin of victory for Ohio State. Also going Jalen Hurts, the quarterback of Oklahoma, 26-2 as a starter at Alabama. Led OU to a 12-1 record this season. Sixth in the nation in passing yards. 3,634 yards passing. 
20th in the nation is rushing as well. 1,255 yards. The only quarterback in the country with at least 3,000 yards passing in 1,000 yards rushing. Lamar Jackson did this twice. He's the only quarterback ever to go 3,000, 1,000, two straight years. Think about this. 32 touchdowns passing, 18 touchdowns rushing, and one receiving TD. That's 51 touchdowns for Jalen Hurts, who played uh, better at the beginning of the season than towards the end. And, of course, Chase Young will be there as well. He led the nation in sacks with 16 and a half. Just 11 games. He was suspended, too. Uh, the most dominant player in the NCAA. Most dominant player I've seen on defense in a long time. You remember he was suspended uh, for accepting a loan from a family friend, but he paid that loan off in full. That's the NCAA for you. Thank you for listening to Rush the Field tonight. I enjoyed it. I'll be back uh, next week. Keep you posted on the bowl games. Don't forget the RV-Navy game this weekend. Big rivalry in college football and also Navy, the opponent in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl going against Kansas State. Huge thanks to Coach Chris Kleiman, head coach of Kansas State, for joining us, and Pete Butek from College Football News. Julio Sanchez, great job of producing this operation. I will actually see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. Good night. Rush the Field with Jay Binkley. 